What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This running, go ahead and give us your full name and then you can tell us a little bit more about you. Stephanie Nixon, former principal of Crispus Attics. Okay, go ahead. And uh, talk to me about why you came, and why you why you were why you felt compelled to come out here to this tent. Okay, um, I had not heard, but I believe it was your first Friday, the first day. Um, I was driving down the street, and I'm noticing people that I've seen before, so I started right. hugging. Right, right. <laughs> and I immediately called Mr. Jackson. I'm like, hey. And he's talking, and the, the siren started uh, ringing. He can hear it through my phone. I could hear it through his phone. I said, you're on the corner, aren't you? And I said, what are you doing? So he started sharing with me what was happening here. And I said, that's a great thing. That's an awesome thing. Wow. I said, our, our people, this community, they need to see that people are out here who care about them and want to help them uh, be better people in any way. You know, I wanted you to come out here because um, as an educator, mm-hmm. as an, a child advocate, I'm, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, and as somebody who, who obviously is vested in the community, you know, I want to talk about not only the situations that we find in our community that we really hear about, which is the violence, but also I want to talk about some of the solutions that you have seen that may have worked or some of the hurdles that you've seen us overcome mm-hmm. and how we got there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so tell, talk to me from your vantage point, your expertise, your background, how do you really see, you know, how, what lens do you look at, look through, you know, see through all this from, you know, what does the lens look like? Okay. Um, I will say first, um, I'm a little quiet sometimes. Um, however, I'm radical at the same time. Um, a lot of the things that are happening in our community are, are systematic, system-driven, and, and it frustrates me because, as you can see, you look across the street, and we were just talking that double eight's no longer there. Uh, you have the bank no longer there. So even people that utilize this, they have to go distances to get what they need, essentials. Mm-hmm to live every day, mm-hmm. uh, to tra- money transactions. Even though they weren't, didn't have much patrons, the, uh, most of the patrons that did attend, now where do they go? Where do they have to go? And some are scared. You know, our elderly are scared to go inside a gas station to use an ATM. They don't feel safe enough to right. do that. It's not an institution. So when you start pulling all of these things away from a community, you leave a sense of hopelessness in the community and then what happens is you start seeing people turn against each other I mean you have to I mean, you have to do what you have to do to survive um, and it's not good for our young kids it's not good for our elderly and even as far as the YMCA taken away from the corner off of 10th Street gone so there's no community center for young people to go um, 
to again further assist parents who are working right. nonstop right. Yeah. to to look up to role models to have those role models. Um, there are many, many churches around here, and even some people are afraid to even go to those churches because of how they're being treated upon entering or how someone is looking at them when they enter. Um, and so that is a, I mean, part of the battle that we have to fight in our community. Um, and in knowing that all of these things are working against the community, I can't say for sure that I've seen one thing that has helped as far as a solution because we keep coming with programs. Mm -hmm. Let's put this kind of program coming from the government, the ba Ballard and his ideas. Let's do this. Let's do that. Has it helped? Mm -hmm. Not when systematically it is set up mm -hmm. for you to fail. Mm -hmm. Is our brothers are not getting jobs? Our our, our young women who are having children, they, they have self-help programs, but then are they really, truly helping them transform? <laughs> They're more enabling possibly the behavior and saying that it's okay. Um, not until, not until each of us get our five acres and our mule will we ever be on even playing field. And it would bankrupt the government, and that's why they won't do it. And until that happens, it, it's going to be a struggle for our community. We're red taped. This area is red taped. I've seen it. When this area is red taped, if you know anything about that, which I'm pretty sure you do, they're not going to pour into the community. That they're, they're, It's set up for that. It's set up to pull out until they decide to regentrify right. the place, which is yeah. happening. Right. And it pushes people out of their community. Campus apartments, where did those people go? Where did they go? They're out. Some of them probably homeless, living in, in, in homeless shelters. Because where did they have to go? Ransom Place area apartments. There are some other apartments. They kicked those people out for campus housing. Right. Where are those people? Who's helping them survive and live? Yeah, there are programs that help for job training. There's always something in for somebody else, and people pick up on that. They need genuine, caring people to help and right, assist right, to right. change this and to make it a better place. We do have people that have lived in this community for years, and their houses have been passed down from generation to generation, but they're getting uh, far and few between now. Um, because, you know, most things, especially um, our folk, they want to run out of this kind of community. Any little money they get, we run out of the community because, in our minds, this is not what's best for me or my children. But when we do that, we take the monies and the resources away from this community. I was just sharing that that AA, that should be black-owned. There should be a, a store manager or store uh, owner running that store for these people. Same with the bank. Having some place for people to go that they don't have to go elsewhere, all the way down to 71st Street, all the way to 30th Street to Preston Safeway, all the way down to Ohio to the Marsh mm -hmm. to get groceries. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. That's not helping our people. That's not uh, supporting them in any way. And matter of fact, you're telling them silently mm -hmm. that they're second class, mm -hmm. that they don't deserve what every other community has. Exactly. And that's frustrating. That's why some of them were radical. And, I, and until we get our organizations urban league 
uh, NAACP, ICANN, and many more together and collaborating and stop talking about their own agenda because we're all hurting. Exactly. There's only one hurt. We could talk about that and focus on that and start making changes together. We, we're all going to be divided. We're all going to be going all different ways, and including the ministerial alliances. They need to be together. They need to be working together. You can't have the CMEs over here. You can't have the Apostolics over here. You can't have the Pentecostals, the Kojic, all doing different things. They need to be together, working together. Our communities are suffering. Our people are hurting, and they need to hear the word, and they need to hear it collectively. God is coming sooner than we know it. And if they don't get it together and get it right, they're going to be in the pit of hell. So, so, you know, we've I've heard tons of interviews. Like I said, you're number 26, and so we've talked to a lot of people. And I've heard from others, but now I want your perspective on where do you start when you start talking about, you know, change and the things that need to happen in the community. You know, I, we got economic development, we got jobs, we got education, we've got the seniors, you know, we've got the working poor, and we've got, you know, the children. I mean, where do you see, and this is a loaded question, I know, but I'm still, from your perspective and your lenses, where do you see starting to turn the tide on kind of where we are? Well, first we have to know our history. you got to take it back to the roots. And too many of our people don't know. They don't. They just don't know, especially young people. They don't know our history. They don't know why they live where they live and why they can't go anywhere else. So you have to go back to your roots and really, really dig down. And then once you start digging into your history and, and knowing the truth, you know, because we learn history, but we, and when you learn the truth about what is happening and how it's affecting you today, then we have to go to the, the government. It has to start with the government. Because like you said, you have the working poor. The working poor, that's, who classifies that? That's pretty much us. Until that happens and we start charging them with a lot of these inequalities and having them really look and having them come and talk to the community and the people and those changes. There are laws that still exist in Indiana that are so discriminatory that it's unreal. And people don't realize that as innocent as naming their child Daquan, that when they're 25 years old and they're out of college, even though they've educated them or we've been educated, they go to get that first job, guess what? They may not even get a call and they're more qualified than anybody else probably in the pool because someone looked at the resume and saw Daquan. Until we can make changes across the board like that, there's no getting ahead. There's no progressing. So it's going to take a mass movement but that's what I'm saying. We need our leaders to come together. Our leaders have to kind of push this and encourage us to, to come together and start looking at the history, start challenging our government, and then educating more people about what is happening and how it really is affecting you in order for you to figure out how you're going to maneuver through this life. Okay, so let's take a, let's, let's roll with the leader part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
again, loaded question. What can leaders practically do to show the type of unity required to move the needle? A loaded question, I know. Uh, it is, but the first thing is come together. Put aside your hidden agenda or agenda, period. Know that when you're coming together for a common good, that it's not about you. It is definitely not about you. And if you're about kingdom building, it definitely is not about you. You're a vessel, you're a tool being used. And if they can come together and have conversation about moving, moving the people, working with the people, being out in the community with the people, training and educating the congregation, because I'm going to tell you, it's a head turner when I walk into a church and I get this. Mm. Wow. Y'all didn't see that, but that's mm. I'm not welcome what she here. did. Wow. And guess what? They walk back out. Well, we've lost a soul. Exactly. And that's not what we're here to do. But we need to get our leaders on the same page together, which I know is difficult. I know that is hard because this minister may want to work in their own their own community. They want to just pull, pull together and work for the common good. My community, I need to focus on this. I get it. And they may be stretched because they too are working. They too are running a congregation. But if they can see the bigger picture, if you think about it, we have not had a leader and we've had some leaders since Martin Luther King to make a mass movement. Right, right. Well, there's a reason why. There's a reason why, because we just can't pull, seem to pull together for the common good. You have more Mondays. Some people are not even paying attention, and he is calling folk out. Yeah, and is. most people are not paying attention to that. And it's like, why? We had a moral Monday, and I had, we held it at Christmas Addicts. We haven't had one since. It wasn't that long ago. That, right. Yeah. It wasn't that long. Haven't had one since. And it's like, why can't we, you know, once you get something started, pick up that momentum, continue having conversations, and then they don't understand when you're helping for the common good, that is going to in turn help your community. It will help whatever agenda that you had set to help your people. But it, I, know, I know it's difficult because sometimes... How y'all doing? We live in the flesh, and it's difficult for us to see the bigger picture. Um, but as long as we know we're doing it for the glory of God. Why is it so difficult? I mean, you, you, I mean, I hate to point at the tragedies, mm -hmm. but I think the tragedies are a symptom of an of a underlying problem that really doesn't take a whole lot to see. Right. When you look at, and the numbers don't lie. Right. When you look Absolutely. at the, when you look at the fragile families, you look at the single parent families, you look at the poverty, you look at the, the dropout rate, and you look at the college bound rates, and you look at, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. So why is it taking so much to see it in your, from your perspective? I mean, of course I have ideas, but it ain't about me. Right. What do you think? But who are we talking that we want to see it? We see it every day. So who are you talking yeah, about? Who a, wants to see it? They, it's not. It. It's not that they don't see it. <laughs> they see it. It's we're right where they want us. They're right where we want them. I mean, if everyone was put on the same playing field, no one would have the upper hand. Since the beginning of time, someone has had to have the upper hand. Someone has had to suffer. And. Right now, our people are suffering continually, and it's not going to change. Slavery reincarnates always. It comes in different forms and fashion. Just right now, uh, reading an article, 
schools are accepting proposals from businesses who are honeymooning, and I'm using my own words, children to want them to come to their business and their line of field or line of work. If they go to school, they'll pay for their schooling, mm -hmm. but then they have to work for them for so many years. That's indentured servitude. What's that? Did they do that in China or something or or some other country? They might have gotten it from another country, but they are introducing that here. Huh. And so for a person who needs help, they may have four or five children working uh, a job. They can't really afford the house that wow. they're living in, the car that they're living in, to take care of the children. That is a wonderful opportunity. It sounds great. Yeah, you sell your children. But we're selling. Yeah. We're selling our kids, and we don't even know it because we're not educated. We're not realizing. We're not connected enough because I'm too busy. Wow. I got a family. I got a household to take care of, and I got to make sure I get to work, make sure my kids get to school. Yeah. So I don't have time to really sit and wow. think about that. But that is what's happening, and it just keeps happening over and over and over again in different forms of fashion. And we fall for it because we don't know. And that's where our leaders are so essential and so important. They need to be talking to the city councilmen. They need to be going to those meetings, sitting in and figuring out what's going on around the city and what's happening so that they can come back and, 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 and unite and come together against some things. Now, and I'm going to get, and I'm going to play the, the, the realist here because, you know, I'm a pastor of a small congregation with an aging congregation. It's on fixed incomes. I don't get I don't make. A, I don't have a salary. I get a tip. Uh, I don't have a 401k. My kids don't have a college fund. You know, I drive cars that are kind of uh, shaky. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm not creating opportunity for myself to pay my rent, technically, I'm going backwards. Right. And then so when I go sit down with the mayor's office and they're getting paid to talk to me, but I'm not getting paid to talk to them, right. then it becomes challenging, especially from communities like this. And so it's almost a cat and mouse sort of uh, chicken egg kind of, you know, which comes first. Right. You know, when you've got a community like this that has so many needs and then you put it on that community to fix it and that community has got so many needs, um, you know, I'm even one. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm the guy that's got the hope. I'm that guy, but I'm still going to say, what is it that we can do to empower ourselves, right, to say, okay, y'all, I get it, but I'm not going to let, you know, where I am dictate who I am. Right. You know, what is it going to take to empower ourselves to go get what we need, right, mm -hmm. under the circumstances? Again, it goes back, and I hate to say this and sound like a broken record, it goes back to, it goes back to our leaders. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the leaders in the community and what they're saying to our people. Um, that's the only way you're going to get movement. That's the only way you motivate folk. Mm -hmm. If you're silent and quiet about what's happening and you don't really know, and you have to be in the know, then they are not going to move. They're not going to feel like you care about what they're dealing with, and they're going to keep it moving. That's why you have folk, especially young folk, not coming to church because they feel like they're going to be ridiculed yeah. and it is irrelevant to what they're doing. And so what? they just on the corner. They come on Sundays, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday night Bible study. So what? Right. Well, you have made it clear. 
that our needed leaders need to well you know and, and honestly they're here I talked that did I just mention Jessica to you did I mention Jessica Jessica 22 years old she came to the tent uh, when another young another lady came to have lunch with me and so when I came out to meet with Jessica uh, Sue Swayze a good friend of mine comes up and says John you need to talk to this young girl she's got an awesome story so I said, well, Sue, you two come in and sit down with me. And so we went in there, and Jessica began to share very transparently what her situation was like and how she grew up and how her mother was on crack. Her dad died when she was young and how she had been passed from house to house to house. And to her, it was normal. Mm -hmm. Wasn't anything wrong with it. But I was struck by not only her transparency, but her hope mm -hmm. and the fact that she's like, I want to do something, Patsy. So we got up and we walked. That was that day we walked to Watkins Park. We walked, Jessica and I did, because she wanted to do something in her community. She just didn't know how or know what and know, you know how to get it done. And so we walked to Watkins. We looked around. We said, well, there's nothing for us to do here. So I said, Jessica, we're going to walk back, and if you see something you want to do, stop me. And so we passed by this duplex, and there was trash everywhere. And I got to put that video out because we pr produced a little video while we were standing out there. And she says, I want to clean up this area. And she says, I'm going to go get some of my friends and she has engaged some other young people you know they are here it's just until she came here she didn't know where to go to get to, to get the empowerment and the I guess the go do it girl from somebody who said we're going to get keep in and out this beautiful we're going to call the supervisor from D, uh, T dot or whatever it's called here N dot we're going to get all those people we're going to set the date we're going to boom 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 and she's just like oh my god I can actually do something in my community you know and so how many more Jessicas are there in our community who are like you know what I want to tutor some kids tonight you know when they get off the bus and they go home and try to fix their own breakfast? No, I want to tutor some kids. Now, somebody go give me some lunches, or somebody go give me some dinners, right. and somebody go give me some books, right? right. And so give me some crayons, mm -hmm. and let's make it happen. Right. You know, I was over at the place where they do the Dress for Success. Mm -hmm. Dress for Success ain't going to do nothing for these folk. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that everybody that works at Chase Bank, if you got something in your closet that don't fit no more, bring it down here. Well, take it to the cleaners first, and right. then bring it down here, right? <laughs> Big old church up north, St. Luke's United Methodist Church. Come on, y'all. Anybody that's got a suit and a tie and a shirt and a dress and a skirt, some shoes, clean that stuff and bring it down here so that these people can dress like they feel. Right. Instead of feel like they dress. Right. You know? I believe it's here. You know? And you're right. It's, it's about the people who are the mediators, the media. Mm -hmm. The ones who have been put in position to translate mm -hmm. what the world and the word are saying to the people, right. you know, and if you misinterpret what's really going on, oh, yeah. you'll go left when the word when the word in the world is saying go right, right. you know, Absolutely. and that's the leader's responsibility, you know. So, give me some last some encouraging words for. The young people. Okay. Well, um, we know you're out there. You, you're doing your thing. Sometimes you may not go about it the right way uh, because you're surviving. And we understand that you are surviving. However, we know a God that's greater than we are. And that if you just call him, he would be there to answer. And a lot of people... It, it, it astounds you 
and I'm pretty sure you're not astonished by this, but it astounds some folk that we feel like we have to do this huge, glorious prayer where sometimes all it takes is, please help, please help. <laughs> and sometimes young people don't know that. And sometimes we have to instill that in them. It doesn't, it's just a conversation like yeah. you would have with anybody to help you through whatever they're going through. Right. It doesn't matter. And God does not judge you. He judges later. But if you are trying and you want to make a change, there are so many people that you can reach out to oh, yeah. that will help you. Education, people will say it's a key. I say it's a tool. It's a tool to help. So if you're not in school, go back. Again, it's never too late. It's never too late to go back. Go to school, learn. If you want to help your community, learn about your community. Learn about the history of the community. Learn why it's the way it is. Learn about the people. Go talk to the elderly that's still in the community and find out what has happened to be able to come up with solutions to help. Find out who the leaders are in the community if you really and truly want to help. Get a perspective from them. Talk to them. Find out ways they can help you help the community or find out what they're doing. You might be surprised at things that are going on in the community. But be encouraged. God has never left you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you always. All you have to do is call. He'll answer. I like it. All right. Thank you so much for your time. You have a, such a unique perspective. And uh, I love that. Education is not the key. It's a tool. And uh, I don't know. We'll talk about that later, but I don't know. All right, bless you. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.